You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. Good evening, Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome to Week 12, the Aftermath Chiefs Bucks Recap. I am your host, CJ Jones, with my co-host, Christopher Tenpenny. How are you doing, Chris? Man, CJ, you know I can't complain after another Chiefs win. It seems like we've been doing less and less complaining every week as the Chiefs continue to be at the top of the class. They proved it again against the GOAT, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Uh, Tom Brady and Gronkowski fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 27-24, and uh, I'm feeling real good. win's a win, man. Hey, like you said, there ain't nothing better than a victory Monday. We are 10-1. On the way to fifteen and one, that's the goal. And nah, 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 nah. What is it nineteen and one? If we don't get the buy, oh, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't count those. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nineteen and one, man. Nineteen and nineteen and one. I'm taking it one step at a time. But Chris, <laughs> we're out of there. <laughs> yeah, but we'll be back. ETA like February. So whatever hotels, you know, Pat and Trav were like, or Andy like was booking or looking at for like who had the best burgers. Or like steaks and all that. Like we'll be back in February, so just keep it warm for us. You feel me? But hey, like oh, yeah. said, buddy, a win's a win. I'll gladly I'll take it. Um, the offense is clearly the talking point. They had an amazing day, but me and you wanted to start off with the defense. Give me some of your points, buddy. Man, you know we're hard on the defense every weekend. I mean, when you have the offense that the Kansas City Chiefs have, it is easy to point fingers at the defense. But all in all, I was really impressed with the way the secondary played. Um, the defensive line, you know, did a little bit better than they did against the Raiders, but they they're still got some things to work out. But uh, that unit of Breland, Ward, Sneed, um, Fitton, like those guys did a good job of holding a, a very talented Tampa Bay receiving core uh, in check for, you know, three and a half quarters. And, you know, desperation when you're playing prevent, you know, you're not wor- you're worried about keeping everything in front of them. They gave up some yardage late, but um, I thought I thought the secondary – had a very solid game. And I mean, they intercepted Brady twice and, and they, I don't think they did anything special to get those two interceptions, but just solid, you know, played good, good coverage. And that, that's all that's encouraging. If you can play decent pass, uh, if you can play decent pass defense, then you're going to be fine because you know, the chiefs are going to put up points. So. No, like you said, buddy, we have a team that can put up 30 plus points every week. I know a lot of guys before preseason talk and summer talk, I think we get average 38, I never thought it would be that high because obviously we drafted Clyde to run the football tremendously and be an impact on this team. And obviously the season started off like that, but you could just tell during the game, Andy was just like, bro, no disrespect to like Clyde or, Le- or Lev. He was just saying, forget that. We're throwing the ball. We're, we're throwing the ball first, first down, second down, and third down. If they can't stop it, we're going to keep chucking it down their throat. And obviously you see what Tyreek did in the first quarter. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Man, that first quarter though, like what what were you oh, thinking? Like, oh my! Like God. I went, I never have gone from like a little disappointed to so happy. So because you know that first drive ended in a field goal. Facts. You know, fourth and you know third and inches, fourth and like should have punched it in. Decided to kick the shortest possible field goal, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, they they missed an opportunity. This is Tom Brady they're going against. And then two drives later, Reek had a 75-yard touchdown, and then like a 50-yard touchdown, and just like that, he had 202 receiving yards, and we were off and running. Like, it was it was wild. 
And like I, and I thought it was going to be a little bit of a slow start too because the Buccaneers started off with four straight punts and then we started off kind of slow as well. But like you said, we're in, we're in, like like I've always told I've always said this. Pat and Tyreek is, is a walking six. Whenever they feel like it, they can do what they did. Like you said, a seventy plus yarder and a fifty plus yarder. They can do that at any time at any moment because you have the fastest receiver in the league with the biggest arm quarterback in the league. So that combination is dangerous in itself. And the fact that like we need, we really need to send Carlton Davis, like bro, like a bottle, oh, of man. or some barbecue sauce or something, bro. Because the fact that Todd Bowles put him on that island for an entire game and didn't make any adjustments has got to be the biggest sacrifice I've ever seen, like in the entire season, like bro. I, I still can't believe he played Tyreek Hill, Chris. He played Tyreek Hill one on one coverage with no. It was single, single high safety cover zero or no safety rolled cover to his side. He didn't do that the entire game. No disrespect, yeah, like, Davis, bro. Like he's never been that fast. So I don't know what Todd Bowles is thinking, but I thank God for him because he anybody who had Tyreek Hill on their fantasy team, you're welcome. I know you won your league just like that. Yeah, and I was one of those people. I was coming in. I I was playing the guy that was supposed to score the most points. He ended up scoring the second most points because I had Tyreek Hill and ended up winning that game. So I was one of those Hill beneficiaries. I mean, I don't even know what more you can say about this guy. Like, who can – Think about it. So his second touchdown, which put him over the 200-yard mark late in the first quarter. <laughs> he So think about it. He's ran how much during that game? You know, he has 202 receiving yards, which, you know, he's probably ran like 1,000 yards, you know, worth of routes and different things up to that point. And he's doing backflips into the ends. No, I want to think. Like, he's still that. fresh. <laughs> in pads, bro. You know how much energy that takes? Right? Like, <laughs> what true. the heck, man? Like, that. he's just a freak of nature. And, like, there's nobody built like him. You know, he's, what, 5'9", 5'8". He's a little guy in height. But, I mean, everything else is huge. He's built like a brick. I mean, literally, I don't think Tyreek Hill gets talked about enough for how he's built because he's short. Like you, he's, a, he's a stock dude, t- bro. He's a little stock dude for sure. You you put him next to DK Metcalf, and you don't you don't you know you can't tell the size wise. I mean, is there really that much of a difference? You think exactly one guy is just like obviously he weighs a little more and he's taller and he's longer. But yeah, like, right. Like body fat wise and, and body percentage wise, no, Tyreek is one of the most compact built guys that we've that we see across the league. Just like Clyde. Just like there's other guys like Saquon's built built well, DK, Julio, and the name, and the list goes on and on. There's a lot of guys that are built. Tyreek's definitely in that class of like freak athletes, and easily you could call him the best athlete in football. There's a lot of guys in that conversation, like the DK Metcalfs, Odell Beckham Juniors, uh, Cam Newton, Julio Jones, uh, Saquon Barkley. There's a lot of guys in that conversation. But yeah, you- but all the all those guys you just said are like at least four inches taller, if not yeah. if not more than Tyreek. That's what's even more ridiculous. Exactly, bro. I remember I remember seeing Tyreek in junior college. And then seeing him when he went down to West Alabama. So I've seen his growth. And then when he was at Oklahoma State, I've seen the growth from then to now. And just the way he just transformed his game and coming from a guy that people called him just a running back or a return specialist into a turn into arguably the best receiver in football. It's, it's been amazing to see. I'm proud of him. I'm glad to see I can see his journey from from then to now. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he's on our side. I'm glad we got him and Pat here for the next uh, guaranteed five years for sure. So it's 15 and 10, like I told you, bro, 15 plus 10 equals six. So I'll take I'll take that math for, for the next five years for sure. That's gonna give us a lot of chances to win a lot of Lombardies for sure. All right, serious question: Who is who has the better connection with Pat, Kelsey or Hill? I would probably say Kelsey. It's just so yeah. it's, it's so consistent. Tyrese is is like the most dangerous for sure because that can he can have games like that whenever he wants to. But most teams double team him and try to eliminate him because I if I'm a defensive coordinator, I would rather lose. Or I would rather Travis Kelsey matriculate the ball down the field on me, and hopefully I can make a hey. out of you 
they'd rather lose up a 70-yard ball because that's, that's all it takes is one play. And then you give up a touchdown. So, right. obviously, like, the, the connection from Trav to, to Pat is undeniable. I mean, he has 1,000 yards four years in a season for a, for a reason. <laughs> like, all those all those catches from those guys, even with Alex Smith, like, the tight end to the quarterback connection is so great because he's always in front of you. He's in the middle of the field every single time. And Trav's feel to get in between zones and find holes to sit on his routes is just undeniable. He's, he's, he's so crafty. He's smart. He knows coverages. He knows how teams are trying to cover him and how they're trying to bracket him. And he's just so used to Pat's ball coming out of him the way he comes off his hand. So their connection for sure would be the one that's more and more comfortable for me between those two. Hey, I feel the same way. I just was making sure that you weren't getting caught up in the hype for one game. Obviously, both have incredible connections with Mahomes. But but I was just trying to make the point, you know, like what you just said. No one's got a better connection with Pat than Kelsey just because of his route running and his ability to come back to the ball. But we spent all this time. We haven't even talked about Mahomes yet. Number dude, 15. I mean, it, dude had 462 yards, three touchdowns, and like it's like the third talking point about the game, which That's is he's insane. Starting, he's starting to enter that that like LeBron James, Aaron Rodgers type stratosphere. Is like when he like we're so used to having him good games that we don't even want to talk about it. It's like it's like the standard of him is like he has to go off every game. Like the only time people talk about it, like oh my god, he only threw for 200 yards. I'm like okay, but half the other quarters in the league didn't even throw for like 180. So what are, what are we talking about? Like if he has a 200 yard game, we think he did bad. Like that's that's his standard now. He's so high on the totem pole. So like you said, he threw the ball for 49 attempts, 37 out of 49, 400 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, two sacks. So like you said, it was, it was a great day for him. Obviously, everybody's going to talk about the talking points of Tyreek Hill because that's obviously the best game of his season, arguably the best game of his career, impact wise, and the way he just completely dominated from um, from beginning to finish. Could have had a lot more than what he did, but a lot of us saw Andy kind of take his gas off the uh, foot off the pedal. So for the gas, so but overall. Pat's like, like I said, Pat's standard, his ceiling is set so high, bro, that people just overlook when he has amazing performances because we're just so used to him doing it. That that that's why that's why we don't even talk about it as much because we're like, that's just Pat being Pat. His standard is higher than everyone else, which is why he's the best quarterback in football. The expectations for him are much higher, which means you're the best player. No, definitely. And uh, were you ever was when Tampa Bay was making that comeback and we took our foot off the gas pedal, which is one of the few things that has driven me insane the entire Andy Reid era. It's just what Andy Reid does. He's got too much respect for the game. He doesn't want to show up opponents up. I get it. Like he's a nice guy. That's not sure. comes, winning the game though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I think it is. I'm saying that's how I feel. Andy is. You know, yeah, he put yeah. up 17 points so fast, so easy. He's like. Well, this could get out of hand. Let's back it up because I don't want to, you know. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's the first quarter. Like, who cares? Put up 50 on them if you can. Make them stop they would do you. To you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They would do it to you. Why are you respecting them? It's the NFL, man. Right. And so, like, that's what I feel like Andy gets caught up at. But um, still, was, was there ever any doubt? Would it ever creep in a little bit when it got cut down to 27-24? I mean, like you said, it shouldn't have gotten that close. Obviously, I know the Bucks didn't start off the way they wanted to with the four straight um, punt possession. So, obviously, they started off super slow. And like you said, I thought I was going to get out of hand really fast. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a blowout. And I was low-key upset on Twitter. I was like, I actually wanted to see a good game. Like, I knew we were going to win, but I didn't want to see a blowout. So, um, but I was hoping that the, uh, the Bucks would show some fight. And they actually did and finally made it a game. But even when they went up, I mean, when, when they went up 27-24, I wasn't worried. I'm like, all we need is one first down once we get that first down. Yeah. And even you could just and you could just tell Pat is so used to this. When it gets to the end of the game, most of the pass rushers are tired by then because they've thrown the ball so much. 
that all they're doing is just gas and win and like sucking on win that they don't have enough juice to try to go get him at the end. So whenever teams run man coverage and everybody turns it back and run, he just sneaks up the field and finds a way to get a first down and slide like every time because he knows what they're going to do to him towards the end of the game. Teams are going to play it tight. They're going to press you, try to get you off your route, try to get your timing off. But the receiver find ways to get open because we have so much speed from Sammy to D-Rob to Miko to Tyreek to Trav that guys, their eyes immediately go towards the receivers and their backs are torn, backs are turned towards Pat. So he just runs for first down. So, at the end of the game, I wasn't worried at all, man. I knew Pat was going to handle his business, and I could just tell the pass rush is not there. Same thing similar to the Vegas game. Pass rushes are tired. At the end of the game, if you don't have any pass rush, you're not going to do anything with Pat. The only thing that really gives Pat issues is when we have pass rushes that can get in his face and throw off the timing. So you can't get to the quarterback. That's the name of the game. It's covering and pass rush. And if you definitely don't have a pass rush, we've seen that firsthand how frustrating that is when we don't have a pass rush. So if you can't get any kind of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, you might as well just close the lights and go to bed because it's over. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of pass rush, I mean, I, I think it's time we need to start talking oh, about here we go. Hold on, hold on, bro. Let me let me get let me get my violin ready. All right, I'm ready. Yeah, like let me get my tiny violin ready. Oh god. Bro, I oh, love you, you you do it. You do it. I'm not I don't want to do it. You do it. Like like I love Frank Clark. Like I'm, I will I'm be fine. forever. You my dog forever. But bro, where have you been? <laughs> bro, MIA. I love you, bro. But we gotta talk about it. It's it's honesty. No disrespect. This is with the utmost respect. I love it. I love five five, the real five five. My dog forever. But you've been MIA, bro. Is it? He's making like twelve million dollars this year. Twelve million dollars. He top five highest paid. Yeah, like like, and he's got four sacks through eleven games. Bro, I think he has one sack in like the past six or seven games. Like, yeah, yeah, and like that was all early. Exactly. You know, he hasn't. He crazy. has been. M-I-A. And it's not even like it's not even like, oh, they're getting the ball out quick and you know he's getting close, he's getting pressures. He's not even doing that, man. How like many, how many even quarterback pressures does he have? Not even sack, like quarterback yeah, pressures. Right. I think number's not high. <laughs> he had okay, so he picked he got his third sack week four against New England. Since that, he's his only other sack since week four was against Teddy Bridgewater. That's neither, it. Neither one of those guys are mobile. We're talking about Brian Hoyer and Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Who else? He, and he got – well, he did get he did get Watson on opening night, and he did get Lamar. Exactly. So, he started out hitting mobile quarterbacks, but uh, has not yeah. been able to uh, – and Tom, Tom Brady's as stiff as anyone except Philip Rivers. So, like, the fact that he couldn't even get there. I was thinking about this all week, Chris. A lot of people are, like, bashing, like, Frank, rightfully so, because when you don't perform, you can't be surprised when people are, like – critiquing you or asking you questions like what's going on because like you came out the Super Bowl run we obviously know what you went through last year and he turned the switch on and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he did turn that switch on where he went from an average to above average player to arguably the best pass rush in the league those last five games and towards in the playoff run like he was playing like a madman so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I've seen 5-5 turn into the best pass rusher in football when it counted the most I know we're in week 13 and people are saying, well, it's getting kind of close to just flip that switch now. And I've always been a guy, and I want, I want to contradict myself, I've always been a guy that says you can't play the game that way to just flip the switch. You have to practice good habits all year. But I don't know if he's dealing with injuries again. I know people don't want to hear that because injuries are a part of the game. You still have to produce. But he dealt with it last year, and he delivered us one of the greatest playoff runs we've ever performances we've ever seen. So I'm going to get 5-5 five, five, the benefit of the doubt. Week 13 coming up. We have some home games coming up in Arrowhead. Obviously, we know we're going to have a couple of home games at the crib. And if 
the schedule goes as planned, we're probably either going to have to go to Pittsburgh to, to 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 eventually get to Tampa. And if even if we did, I'm not worried about that at all because there's no crowd noise. So who cares about road or home games anyway? It doesn't really affect us, honestly, because we can win anywhere, anytime. But I'm going to give five five a little more time to turn that switch on. Now, Chris, I'm going to be straight up. If we are having this conversation two weeks from now, then I'll be very concerned. I, I am concerned right now. Um, on your one to ten meter, how how are you concerned about Frank Clark? How much? Oh man, um, I, I it's it's fairly high. It, it really it's like an eight for me yeah, because I, last year it was new system. You know, there was the injury talk. There was some. You know, there were some actual like. Ex- Fees, not excuses, but, you know, actual reasons on why maybe he had slow start. Exactly. There's none of that this week. This man's playing. This man's out there and outside of his yellow gloves flash, and, you know, I don't see anything from him. So uh, it's fairly high. I think it's going to put it in an eight right now. I I would agree. Mine was probably like a six and a half, like seven. That was mine. Like I said, now if he's doing the same thing he's doing now, by the time we get to like week fifteen, right before the playoffs start, yeah, mine's gonna go up to an eight too. I'm like, hey, I'm getting real concerned. And a lot of guys I heard talking this week, some guys were saying they're like a seven. Some guys were saying one. Some one guy said he's not worried at all. Most of the people that I've heard talk this week say they were very worried, concerned, like eight or nine. So I'm, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a couple more weeks to to get his mind right, get his body right, and then get get his rhythm going. But like you said, right, we, right. we we pay him a lot of money. He's one of the premier pass rushers in the league. We've seen him do it. And the flashes, we haven't seen it consistently all season. So for a guy that's getting paid that much duck, is we expect the production to come with the money. Because if we were going to get this kind of production, we could have saved money and got another backup lineman, which we definitely need because we've had a lot of injuries up there. But we've made do with what we had to do. So um, right. him, and him and Chris played, uh, Chris played a really good game. All The whole defense responded. I'm proud of the way they played. I mean, you probably couldn't play any worse than you did versus Vegas, so you had to improve. So guys definitely stepped up manned up and, and, and I know you saw on Twitter Tyron Matthew was talking after the game I know you saw that yeah yeah, yeah. he's always spicy. talking man he's he been real spicy in the mentions Chris real spicy he was talking to some of the local um media guys too I thought it was funny <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually like that when they talk back to people they thought it was yeah. funny but um but yeah man I, th- I know I know fans of Chiefs Kingdom I know it's frustrating our defense hasn't lived up to the numbers that we expected them to do but just give them time. Like they've earned the right for us to give to be patient. I know it's very, very hard. Trust me, I completely understand the frustration. But we it's only week thirteen. We have four more weeks. I feel the guys. They know the moment. They feel the energy and what kind of run we can have and what kind of team we have. And they know what they need to do. So I, I, I believe in our guys on the on the defensive side of the ball. And I, I think I think they'll turn it around. So I'm, I'm gonna give them some time. I'm gonna be a little more patient. I hope that you do too. Yeah, and the last note, though, as far as – and I know we're trying to st- be positive about the defense here. I am still worried about why the uh, why Spags and the Chiefs decided that Daniel Sorensen is the guy that needs to be on the field at all times. And why is he uh, playing for Juan Thornhill? Jesus Lord, what is going well, on? Well, and, and, and I I have a theory here. What's the theory? And I have nothing – I have, I have no, no like – Nothing that I've heard to support it, but no as far leak, as no info, we it, don't leak stuff. We just thoughts. Right, right. It's just based on what I've seen on the game plan. I think it has everything to do with tight the tight ends. I think that they are done asking Tyron to cover good tight ends, and they think Thornhill is too small, and you know everybody else is you know Breland and Ward are going to stay outside. So what you're going to ask Snead and Benton to, ru- to guard him in the middle? No. So what? Who does that leave? That leaves you Thornhill. And Sorensen, I think they like Sorensen's size more, and so that's why against he's, Waller he's, last week, against Gronk this week, um, 
I think they like Dan Sizemore. And unfortunately, Gronk had his best game of the of the year against him. And Darren Waller had a, you know, he's good every week, but he had a good game against the Chiefs last week. Like if 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 that's the reason is because of the cover of the tight ends, like that that needs to go because Dan is Dan is a situational player and does not need he was on the field for hundred percent of the defensive snaps. And only Breland and Ward were like that. It just blows my mind. Bro, it blows my mind too. Coming into the season, we definitely thought that the safety tandem of Juan Thorne and Tyre Matthew was going to take the league by storm. And at first it was. And then all of a sudden in this past three-week rut, Andy said it on – he said it in an interview that Juan's a situational guy. So I would hope – I haven't seen personally, if anybody can send me a clip, I haven't seen Juan make any egregious mistakes. I know me and Chris talked about this before getting on there. I haven't seen Juan do anything egregious to the point where Spag is like, all right, he's he's a starter full-time, makes the tie run, and you're like the third guy now. I haven't seen him do anything that bad to make him say – Okay, you went from second string to third string. Now, I, if if he made if he did something off the field, maybe late to a meeting protocol, whatever the case may be, that's ducking his minutes, and they put Dan in his spot. That's why you have a veteran in spot in his spot for like injuries or any kind of situation. But if Juan, he's active, he's playing the game, like you said, Chris. He played sixty plus percent of the snaps. Obviously, it's not as high as Tyrons and Dan's, who both play ninety plus percent. We expect Juan to be that guy playing next to Tyron the whole game because that's how it was for the first half of the season. And all of a sudden, the past three weeks, Deuce Deuce is down the field no more. So, uh, obviously, we all love Dan and what he brings to the table. He's a veteran. He's been there before. He knows what to do. He's seen everything. But like you said, man, he struggles a lot in coverage. Tackling, he's great. But he, he – and even then, he misses a lot. He misses tackles as well. But obviously, his, his, his better asset is being in the box. Yeah, he's inconsistent. Exactly. Straight words out of my mouth. Same thing. But, yeah, I, I, I hope Spags does something to switch it up and gives guys a chance to win his job back because Juan is so special. Pre and, pre and post knee injury. So I, I hope they figure it out because that's a talented kid that is not getting as much tick as he used to get. So I, I hope they figure it out for sure because obviously Armani Watts got a little bit of burn on Sunday. He played a little bit. Obviously, the DBs, we talked about this before we get on there. The DBs that never leave the field essentially are guys like Breland, Traverius, uh, Tyron, Fenton, and Dan. I know those guys' uh, snap count is definitely the highest as far as in the secondary. So those are the five guys that essentially are going to be on the field pretty much the entire game. So despite packages and whatever decide, Pet Spags decides to do. But those guys are going to be on the field almost every play. So those are, the, those are the horses in our secondary that we depend on to make plays. And I was hoping one of those five guys would have been Juan Thornhill this year. That's what I was most excited about. So Because after, after his rookie year and how well he played, and then it was so sad to see him go down with the knee, it's uh, kind of a little bit more – it's a little frustrating to see him not get playing time. So. Because I know I know he's pissed off just as much as we are not seeing him out there when we see Dan give up touchdowns. No disrespect to Dirty Dan, I love him, but it is what it is. Like you said, he's very inconsistent. So yeah, yeah, I and I hope it's just as simple as he's coming back from a knee injury. We're limiting his snaps now before yeah, the playoffs. Play, yeah, Which, and you just never know. I just I just can't believe it hasn't even been addressed. Like they haven't even really given us a reason other than calling him a situational player. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely something there. I hope it's not as big of a deal as we're making it out to be. But yeah, you know, he's like you said, special player. Enjoy watching him, and we've kind of become the uh, fanboy, official fan page of Juan Thornhill because we freaking talk about him every week, man. I love that man. I love Duke. Duke. Um, but before we get into next week's game, real quick about the Broncos, I do have a couple questions for you. Number one is is Tyreek Hill the number one receiver in the NFL? I don't think you would get too much argument from a lot of people, obviously. If you ask people around the Metro, 
mostly especially people listening to this. Yeah, exactly. I think everybody <laughs> this will tell you. Yeah, yeah, number seven is the best in the league. But I mean, if, if we're trying to be unbiased and just and just be transparent for the conversation, there's a, there's probably a good there's probably like four or five guys you can put in the conversation for the best receiver in football. Obviously, Tyreek Hill's in there. Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and I would say like Devontae Adams. Those are probably like my five guys right now that I would put in the conversation. Obviously, before the the whole past year, you could say Antonio Brown's in that conversation. Obviously, he's trying to work his way back. But for for this year speaking, those would be my five guys for um, the best receiver in the game. And right now, the way he's playing the past couple of weeks, I don't think you you would get too much argument pushback from Tyreek being number one because the impact he has on DBs, he makes them back up. They play so far off of him to respect his speed. And then you have a quarterback like 15 that got that rocket for an arm throwing you the ball. It's just you have to respect that. Teams have to back up. And Todd Bowles is a clear example of what you don't want to do when you play Tyreek Hill. Because if you do that, it's going to be a long day for your secondary and people are going to lose their jobs and people are going to be at home getting embarrassed. Because family members watch these games. Todd Bowles, you embarrassed that man on national television, and that was not cool. But I'm happy you did it. <laughs> right. No kidding. <laughs> All right, all right. So first off, I, I want to agree with you, but get Michael Thomas out of there. Michael Thomas no, had a great no. year last year, runs great short routes. He's one of those guys that is a great wide receiver. He's not in he's not in the conversation with the other four that you said. He's not in there. Oh wow. Now he's he's in the next tier. He may it may be a tier all by himself with maybe like DK Metcalf and uh, Amari Cooper or you know, something like that. But he's not in that he's not in that top four. You're replacing him with. Huh? I'm not replacing. I'm just taking them off. I'm just saying those are the those are the four. I'm saying that I'm saying we don't need five because there aren't five deserving receivers. But here's the second point I'm going to make. Okay, so um, Devontae Adams is a great route runner. Julio Jones is uh, is fast and is seems to be clutch. And then DeAndre Hopkins can go get it better than any of them. Is that is that a fair assessment of those three? Yep. Tyreek Hill runs routes almost as good as Devontae Adams. He can, for being as small as he is, he can go up and get it with the best of them. And not a single one of those receivers have his speed or quickness. Not even close. I, okay, Devontae may have his quickness. I'll, I'll take that. Devontae may have his quickness. None of them have his straight-up speed. Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the NFL. And they dis- he gets disrespected because he's not over six feet tall like all these other guys. He but looks I- small. He looks like a gadget pace. So he gets the disrespect um, because had, he can't. We had that same conversation years ago with Antonio Brown. He was arguably the best receiver in football. And they're like the same height. So it's only about like 5'10". And Tyreek Hill's bigger than him. And they're Yeah, but it was different. And AB's a diva, and so had the attention got a lot more people's conversations. You know, Hill's Hill's funny. Hill's got the you know, Hill's likable if you're a Chiefs fan, but the rest of you know, he's not the rest of the NFL really tries to stay away from talking about him because of there's you know, no one wants to actually read news stories, they just want to read headlines. So they stay away from talking about him. He doesn't get that press. So he doesn't get he doesn't he gets talked about is he one of the top guys not is he the top guy and I'm here to say that he is in fact the top wide receiver in the NFL. Like I said, he's definitely in the conversation. If anybody said Tyreek Hill the best receiver in football, you're not wrong. There's multiple answers for that question. The way his right. combination, like you said, his speed, his size, his route running has improved from 2016 till now. Just look at the film, man. The way he runs yeah. it out, how decisive he is, how confident he is when he goes up and tries to attack the football in the air. It's, it's it's an amazing combo, and then, like you said, he's the best receiver in the league, and that's not that's not like a wrong statement. A lot of people would agree with you. There's there's those you keep four guys in the conversation. I say five, but Tyreek's and he's definitely up there with all those other guys. And I think a lot of people try to put him in that like second tier, saying oh he's just a 
a speed guy or he's just a gadget guy. He can't do everything. I'm like, bro, he can do it all. He runs every route. He catches almost everything that's thrown to him. He can go get the go get it balls, the jump balls. I know they don't throw a lot of them to him because obviously he's the shorter, short one of the shorter guys in the receiving core. But obviously, if they if need be, I remember that Texans catch he had last year. That's a go get it ball. The Tennessee yeah, yeah. last year he had a go get. That was it. awesome. Yeah, if he needs to do it, he's an athlete, bro. The, the kid has a forty plus inch vert. So if you throw him a jump ball, he's gonna go try for it. I'm not saying he's guaranteed to come down with it, but if you put the ball up, there's a good chance he's probably gonna get his hands on it and have a chance to come down with it. So. Number 10 is definitely the best receiver in the game right now. Chiefs Kingdom, I know we believe it. We're stating our claim right now is number 10 is definitely the best in the business. Tyree, keep doing your thing, bro. Stay healthy. Ice them hamstrings. And don't jam your fingers, please. <laughs> right, right. And All right, so last question. I know it's a Chiefs show, but I still got to ask. Mahomes or Rodgers for MVP right now? Because that's really – sorry, Russ, like you're out of it at this point you have to have those guys have to regress and he has to get back to playing above for him to get into the conversation right now it's Mahomes and Rodgers who do you like and why I uh right it's a very tight race I mean you wouldn't be wrong to say either way both guys are leading their teams obviously the Pat- you're no fun today CJ you're being yeah, too, I'm, I'm, too, I want to be fair politically correct I fair now obviously if I, I want some emotion just start I'm, yelling at the at the <laughs> at the mic and we'll figure it out later it's been a long day <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm picking number 15, man. 15 MVP to me. It's not really a hard decision. Obviously, if you said Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you would you would, you would get some pushback, but it's 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 clear as day, man. Pat Mahomes is the MVP. His impact on the game, the clutch moments at the end of games and the fourth quarter drives, the record proves it for itself. In the past two years, he's now what 28 and two now with the win, or is it 29 and two in the past in the past two years? Uh, like with that win that we had. I know. Over. I think, I think in, since that Titans game. Yeah, they've only lost one game since the Titans game. Yeah, and that was, and that was the Raiders game. So You're right. the record's proven for itself. The kid plays in big moments. He shows up with his fourth-quarter drive. Nobody had a sweat on their head or a bead of sweat on their forehead when we saw that Raiders drive and he had to go to score. Nobody was worried, just like nobody was worried when it got 27-24 versus the Bucks. We're never worried with this kid because we have the fastest receiver in football and the best tight end in the game. You can't double-team both of them. Somebody's going to be open. And if you're telling me you're going to play Miko Harmon, Sammy Watkins, and Demarcus Robinson one-on-one, I mean, good luck. Because no team has enough DBs to cover all that. And then after that, you're telling me you're going to put a D in or an outside linebacker to play man coverage that gets Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Le'Veon Bell? Hey, bro, what are you going to do? So, Pat doesn't have a, a, a care in the world, bro. He, he he can do no wrong. He basically has all the tools to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. So to say he's not the MVP, it's not asinine, but it's almost like a bad statement because he clearly is the MVP. Like the numbers speak for themselves. Two picks on the whole year now, or is it, or is it three now with the one? It's two. Picks? It took that one off the board. Yeah, two. So it's two picks on the entire year. He's easily going to throw for over four thousand yards. He's probably going to hit five thousand if he keeps the pace he's on now. He's definitely going to have over thirty touchdowns. I mean, I don't know what more. We're he def- has thirty touchdowns. Has thirty touchdowns. So we're <laughs> regardless, he's going to have a team that's going to be at, at worst. 14 and 2. But for me, I'm going to say we're not winning it. We're not losing the game. We're going to go 15 and 1. Knock on wood if you're with me. But I mean, 19 and 1. 19 and 1. <laughs> I'm going to do that to you the rest of the year. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the stats are proven. He has the wins. He has the hardware, the big moments, the clutch moments. There's nothing more. To, there's no many more boxes to check, man. So, 15 is the MVP. It's not really up for discussion, honestly. All right, here we go. So, Rodgers has three more passing touchdowns. It's actually quite a bit. Uh, he has a higher passer rating, a higher pro football focus grade. Take that for what you will. Mm-hmm. Only four interceptions. 
less less weapons you know Lazard's missed most of the year Devontae Adams missed like four games he has a second year head coach compared to Andy Reid I mean it's looking good for Rodgers but Patrick Mahomes is the MVP man like it's the eye test man right like when the numbers are this close and the things are like I get it I Aaron Rodgers might be my second favorite player in the league right now like he, I, I enjoy the heck out of watching him every week on the Pat McAfee show. I enjoy watching him on Sundays. Do what he's done. He hasn't. He's had one bad game against the Bucks, but like Mahomes hasn't had a bad game, and he's only he's yeah. never had a bad game in his career. But even this season, like thirty touchdowns, the two interceptions, and it just feels like they're to- you know it's not it's, it seems effortless. And like, yeah, some of that, some of that credit has you. Ha- it's a team game, and that even that includes the quarterback. That some of that love has to be spread to Andy, Tyreek, Eric Bieniemy, and Kelsey. Like those guys, those guys are all had an impact. But do you think Demarcus Robinson's having success on other teams? Do you think you know Yelder's catching routes in the flat and nope. uh, Kaiser's on rosters and the sausage is a household name on other teams? No, like. Patrick Mahomes is making these is hit doesn't he doesn't care who you are. Like, yeah, it's easier to find Kelsey and, and Hill because they're incredible. But like if you're open, if you're doing what you're supposed to, if he thinks there's a sliver of a window, he's going to throw you the ball and you you just have to catch it. Yeah, uh, because there's not a play that can't guy can't make. His back pedals to his, you know, the way he just the little I love the little like skip run he does right before he goes out of bounds. Like there's <laughs> every part of his game is just so enjoyable to watch. And sure, you know, like you said, you if for Packers fans and you know non Chiefs fans picking Rodgers, not going to come down on you. But if you watch, if you watch the two quarterbacks play every week, and I would say I pretty much do. I may miss the Packers game here or there. It's not even close. There's no one on the, in the NFL doing what Mahomes is doing right now, and he is the MVP of the league. It's just the dominance, man. Like you said, the stats are there. Obviously, Rodgers has good numbers, but just to give the people some context, Pat's had 3,400 yards, 30 touchdowns. He's completed 68% of his passes, which is a career high for him. Even the year when he threw 50 touchdowns, his career high, his uh, completion percentage was 66. So he's more efficient and better than he was that year. And he only has two picks on the year. He had five last year. So he's only has two throughout, and we're on week 13. Yards per game, we're at 300. QBR at 86. Even the MVP year, his QBR was 80. So overall, his numbers are better than the MVP season he had. And like I said, the standard is set so high for number 15 that when he has great games, we overlook it because we expect him to do something crazy like 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards every year. And I told people that's not logical. It's not going to happen all the time. But that's the standard he set for himself, that we expect greatness out of number 15 every time he steps on the field, just like his record being 28-2. Every time we expect him to step on the field, we're never worried about him losing the game because if he has the ball in his hands – it's almost like the Brady effect. He's going to figure out a way to go down there and win the game. And even Andy said that in the in the press conference. I figured I learned that lesson before. Don't give the ball back to Brady because he finishes drives. He has that killer instinct. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Don't give the ball to him because he's going to finish the drive. He's going to figure out a way. You're not going to cover all their weapons when it counts most because your defense doesn't have enough juice. User doesn't have enough technique to figure out who to cover and who not to cover. Tyreek Hill is having a career day. That's going to fluster your defense already right there. Then means you have to figure out how to cover Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins and Miko Harmon. And Miko Harmon dropped a touchdown. That would have killed his stats, pumped up his stats even more. So, Pat's impact on the game, his clutch gene, and so many drives that he's had to come back and win the game. Like, obviously, they haven't, they've only lost one game this year, but there's a lot of games that I really felt nervous about them losing, honestly. Right. The only game I really 
I like felt like low on was was the Vegas game. That's because they kept the ball for over half the clock of like half the time, tiger possession wise. But besides that game, I never really felt nervous against anyone. Not against Baltimore, not against Tampa. I mean, not against um, the Raiders the second time. Like any 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 big time moment team we've played against, I've never felt nervous. So right. even yeah. like we play, that's the thing that and then that impact. And obviously, Packers fans can say the same thing about Rodgers. Like they don't feel nervous either. But obviously, the bad the bad game versus the Bucks. And some games where like they should have like blown out their opponent, like when they played the Jaguars a week ago. He's had some moments where he could have looked like an MVP, but they just took their gas off the pedal. And we were, we're known for that too. So those are the two top guys in the in the MVP race right now. I'm going with 15. The 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 clutch moments, the impact, the fear he puts in defensive coordinators' eyes and defenders. Man, I think it's it's unmatched right now. So I don't think nobody wants to see number 15. <laughs> for sure. And you know we get we went into those topics because before we got into the next week's matchup because. Chiefs playing Denver on Sunday night. Here's a scouting report. Chiefs are second in points a game. Broncos 31st. Chiefs are six in points allowed per game. Broncos are 24th. Chiefs are first in total yards. Broncos are 27th. Chiefs are first in past yards. Broncos are 26th. Chiefs are third in turnover differential. Broncos are last. Vegas thinks this is going to be a 14-point game. What else is there to say about this Broncos game, man? I mean, everyone thinks it's just going to be an absolute blowout, so... It doesn't even look fair, bro. Do they have a quarterback this week? Are they are they, are they slinging out here? Yeah, they'll all be again? back unless unless they test positive. They'll all be back, which they haven't at this point. So we'll actually have to. I'll actually have to play against the guy that actually knows how to play quarterback somewhat. Um, I guess that's up for debate with Drew Locke. But so sorry about not playing a wide receiver. Used used to be quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, if you got a you got a score prediction on this game or or. Or a hot topic for this game because I got nothing. I I think I think the Chiefs are just going to blow them out. A home game, you know, Sunday night football, division rival who's awful. I mean, they're reeling right now. Like yeah, they are like- reeling right now, and like I'm sure that they're going to want to come out and play tough, you know, because uh, they get their quarterback back and they're mad at the NFL and everyone's counting them out and whatever whatever those little things that you that bad teams have to tell themselves. The reasons to beat this team and like for the most part i'm normally kind of skeptical of divisional games because i think i like to throw the record out the window a lot of the times like when the chart when we play the chargers at the end if it's a meaningful game that's going to be a dogfight you know even before we knew the raiders were good i knew those two games were going to be dogfights i just don't get that same feeling with denver man even though they have the same record as the chargers man i think it's just going to be over real quick me too man the lines chiefs by 14 the over under fifty point five. I really would usually, and I then I tweet this out. Anytime you're betting on the Chiefs, always take the over. And I want to say, and I want to take it. But this year, this one, this week, I don't feel the need to take the over because yeah. I don't think the the Chiefs are going to need to score more than thirty. I think they can score 27, 28 and win this game, twenty nine at most. And then even if they did score thirty, I definitely don't think the Broncos are going to go out there and score twenty points. I think at most they'll get you like maybe fourteen or seventeen. I definitely don't see them getting twenty points this week. So. This will probably be a week I would definitely take the under on that game. And will the Chiefs win by 14? Mm, two touchdowns? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. It's, it's tough. It's so 11, I would definitely take. 14 is kind of pushing it. But I, I, yeah, I, I'll, 14 is a lot in the NFL. 14 is especially, a lot. Especially the way Andy plays. He doesn't want to embarrass people. You're like, they could easily do it if they wanted to. But do I bet on Andy Reid trying to keep his foot on the gas? And we all know how that right. goes. So that may be a spot where you could probably say, no, nah, I don't want to take 14. That's too many points. If it was like 11 or 10 and a half, I would definitely take that. But 14 is a 
a little bit too much. I want to take it, but after what Andy did, he tries to keep it close and be respectful. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to take the under on the on the uh, 14 points. She's by 14 points. So. so you're taking the Broncos. You're taking the Broncos to cover, but that's not that's not a bad thing on the Chiefs because a 14 point line is absolutely ridiculous. That is crazy. That's almost like this. That's just as bad as the Jets line, right? The Jets line was what? 14 right. The Jets is like 17 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's that one. So my score prediction: I will say the Chiefs score 29 points, and the Broncos will score. Hmm, I'd say they score 17. I would say 30 to 17. That's my final. Well, you know, I'm, it's going to sound like I'm copying you, but in my head I had it 31, for, 31 to 17. So that way the Chiefs are on the under, but they cover, you know, or, you know they tie the cover at 14. So uh, let's go let's go one up because I think I want them to cover the over too. So let's go 34-17. That's where they, that way it's over the 15 and a half. That way it's over a 14-point win. That's being a little optimistic because, again, like you said, they may take their foot. But 34-17 final answer. Chiefs going to go, you know, cake, you know, sleepwalk their way to you know, eleven and one beep, 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 before beep, a road trip to Miami and New Orleans. After that, so and that I guess that is the that is an aspect of it. You know, they just came back from playing the Bucks. They got to play two playoff teams on the road after this game. Well, Are the Chiefs overlooking it? Exactly. But you don't for, your opponent. But I don't think that's an issue. They, the Chiefs are not one of those teams that tend to do that uh, in recent memory. So we always come up and put our best foot forward when it requires us to. So, but, all right. Well, we're wrapping up here. But you know, before we let you go, we end our show the same way every time because it's so important to us, and we enjoy all the things. CJ, what am I talking about? You guys know what we're talking about. We love interacting with our fans. Me, Chris, and the whole Arrowhead Live crew, we appreciate everyone and all the support we get. We hope everyone is having a happy holidays. But anybody that wants to reach me, you guys can holler at me on Twitter at CJEEZY81 and CGZ81. You can talk to me about ball. I cover a lot of other sports. I try to cover basketball and baseball as well. So I try to talk different things. But I'm always down to talk football, college, Chiefs, NFL, anything. You guys want to talk about it, I'm always here and open to talk. Um, Chris, where can the people reach you, my guy? They can follow me on Twitter at 10penny88. Always, talk. I, I do get a little bit into baseball, uh, dabble in, in NBA stuff, if that's your thing, but not quite as much as uh, NFL. And uh, when while you're doing that, while you're searching that, while you're looking to see, going to listen to this podcast, looking to where you can find us, make sure to stop at arrowheadalive.com. Go over to the product section and look at the merch. We've got a landlord t-shirt now, man, that's looking good. It's got number 32 on it. Um, you know, we've got we've got our run at back shirts. We've got some nice stuff. We got some stuff to hang up on your wall, some quality pictures of Kelsey and uh, Mahomes with the Super Bowl trophy. Like well, there, there, there is some merch on there. That uh, I think would be either great for you, great for the holidays. Just a lot of options. So please go check it out. You will not be disappointed. Go get your merch, people. You heard the man. Support the team, support the squad. You're going to look great in it. It's going to look great on you. You can get it for your girlfriend, mother, brother, sister, whoever it is. It makes for a great stock and stuff or gift. Anyone who gives you a Chiefs gift is automatically the best family member you've ever had. So go ahead and do your, do yourself a favor. Help us out. Help yourself out. And you're welcome. So there you go. All right. All right. Well said, my man. And on that note, that's going to end us for this week. We will talk to you next time. Cheers. To the Chiefs kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Woo!
thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!